The following is a special presentation from Pastor Joanne Ramsey and Speak the Word Ministries. We trust God's Word will bless you as you listen to this message. Here's Pastor Joe. The title to my message this morning is The Power of Your Prayers. And please, saints, I want to remind you, never, never, never underestimate the power of your prayers. There is great power in your prayers. And I'd like to begin this morning with a verse on how not to pray. Sometimes we don't understand that there are ways not to pray as well as there are ways to pray. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 in the New Living Bible, it says, When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, Jesus says, that is all the reward they will ever get. In verse 6, he said, here's what I want you to do. He said, I want you to find a quiet place, secluded place, so that you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and as honestly as you possibly can. He said, the focus will shift from you to God, and you will begin to sense His presence. And I might add, uh, sense His grace and might add your, your, His presence. I know that when I'm spending my quiet time with the Lord, Sometimes I go into my quiet time or prayer time or whatever you want to call it, and I don't really feel the presence of the Lord every time I get in there. But I do recognize and acknowledge that as I begin to focus on Him, and, and whether I'm reading the Word or praying or listening to praise and worship, then I begin to feel His grace and His presence with me, and it just changes the whole atmosphere. The whole atmosphere changes. And it says in verse 7 that when you pray, he says, don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. He said, they think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words over and over again, again and again. He said, but don't be like them. He said, for your father knows exactly what you need before you ask him. He tells you this over in Matthew 6. Also be aware that in all his teachings about prayer, Jesus never once referred to unanswered prayer. Never once has he referred to unanswered prayer. On the contrary, he tells us in John chapter 11, verse 42, he says he hears us always. And I use that a lot when I'm praying. I say, Lord, I just thank you that you hear me always. You always you hear me, Lord, and that you always answer me, Lord, because he does. It may not be in our time, but he always answers us. And we'll talk a little bit more about some of those ways, too. But like I said, on the contrary, in John eleven forty-two, he says he always hears. And, and Isaiah 65, 24 says, It will come to pass that before they call, he said, I will answer. And while they're still speaking, he says, I will hear. You know, I recall one morning several years ago, even before the Lord blessed me with this ministry, I was sitting in my living room one morning having my coffee, and I was praying and talking to the Lord. And I, I found myself asking him for this particular thing. And even before I finished my prayer, there came a knock on the door. And there stood my answer. And I had not even finished my prayer. I, I, you know, it's so many times he's done that, and I know that he's done it for uh, a lot of you too, that at the time that you were praying, that he's answered. But then while you're praying, we're pretty close yeah. to it. Yeah. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, God always answers our prayers. If our prayers are prayed in the name of Jesus, and if we pray them in accord with his nature, the answers will not be in, in accord with our nature, but it's going to be in accord with God's nature. And that means according to His Word. In John 15, 7, He says, If you abide in Me, and My words abide in you, 
whatever you wish, he says, it will be done for you. And I pray that a lot too. And I say, well, you know, when I'm praying for it, for instance, I'm asking the Lord for a particular thing. I might, I, I use lots of verses. It just depends on which one comes to mind <laughs> at the time because the Lord will always bring up verses to you, his word. And I'll say, Lord, I thank you that you said that if I abide in you and that my word, and in my words abide in you, that I can ask whatever I will and it'll be done. So Lord, I thank you that whatever I'm asking, it's already been taken care of, you know, because this is what your word says. And he tells us, and I, and I keep repeating this because I want people to understand that in uh, Isaiah 43, 26, he says, put him in remembrance of his word. And that's really what praying is all about. It's just putting, picking up the word. I say, pick up that word and just give it back to God. In Mark eleven twenty four, 24, in the New Living Bible says, I tell you, you can pray for anything, 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 anything. And if you believe, if you believe that you've received it, he said, it will be yours. So he didn't put any restrictions on what you can ask him for. He said, you can pray for anything. The only, the only restriction he has is that you must believe. We must believe. If we, can, if we ask for anything, whatever it is, that lines up with his word, of course. He's not going to give some man some other woman's wife, for instance. <laughs> or different things like that. But um, and he's probably not going to let you, if you pray to win the lottery. Some people probably pray to win the lottery, but God don't answer those prayers. You know, because that, that's not in his, you were asking him, you're asking him to bless you in a way that he doesn't do. <laughs> you know, we sometimes forget and we say without thinking that God does not always answer prayers. I, I've heard this so many times that sometimes he will and sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes it's a yes and sometimes it's a no. <laughs> but saints, that's not scriptural. He does, he does hear us every time and he does answer. So if you will go with me over to Matthew 7, Verse 7, we're going to see what the Lord says about asking. In Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8, in New King James, Jesus said, Ask and it will be given to you. Ask and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone, how many did he say? Everyone. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, he says, it will be opened. Now I'd like to read this same scripture to you from coming from the message translation. He says, don't bargain with God. Be direct. Ask for what you need. This isn't a cat and mouse hide and seek game we're in. You know, I think sometimes we find ourselves bargaining with God. Yeah. You know, we do. You might say, well, Lord, if you'll just do this one thing for me, I promise I'll do that or I'll do this. <laughs> you know, if you'll just do this one thing. But you know, the Lord revealed to me, uh, revealed uh, some of this to me uh, a long time ago, but this time he added some more revelation. He said that most of his children don't realize that what they need, he has already provided for them. But it's not in heaven. Everybody thinks their needs are in heaven, but they're not. They're here on this earth. It's here on the earth and he uses other people to get it to you. In Luke 6.38, backs this up in the King James translation. He says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. Who shall give into your bosom? Men shall give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet, whether it shall be measured 
to you again. Saints, did you hear that? The Lord said that what you need is right here on earth, and it comes from men, it comes from people. It is also written pretty plain that if you want something, that you have to ask for it. And equally important to know that God uses people to bless you and get things, uh, get things to you. So sometimes your prayers may be delayed. But your prayers are not delayed because God didn't answer you, but because people are not quick always to respond. How many times, can I ask you this morning, how many times are you listening online or in here in the congregation this morning that God has spoken to you and asked you to do something for somebody? Maybe, maybe it wasn't a financial thing. Maybe it was just some other thing. But the Lord had been impressing upon you maybe for days or weeks to go do something for a certain person. But you kept thinking, well, Lord, that can't be you. You know, or you know that if I would, I could. You know, I mean, if I could, I would. Because I really don't have it and I really can't do it. And I don't have the time, Lord. You know I don't have the time. But somebody is out there waiting for an answer. Keep that in mind. Somebody, when the Lord is placing it in your spirit to bless somebody, whether it's financially or um, cutting the grass or babysitting, whatever he's, or praying with them, whatever he's doing, maybe calling them up and just speaking a word of encouragement to them. So many times that I've prayed and the phone would ring and somebody would call me with a, a word of encouragement or maybe somebody would text me or message me and they'd send me, you know, a word of encouragement. And it encourages me or I'll get a letter in the mail. And then I get a lot of those, and I'm so thankful for those because they're so encouraging. But what we have to understand is that they didn't do that on their own. The Lord, as they were listening to my message, the Lord impressed upon them to write that letter or to make that phone call. And that's what I'm saying. Everybody thinks that every time God speaks to you, He's, he's wanting your money. But He's not always after your finances. As a matter of fact, it all belongs to Him, so He doesn't really want it. But there are times, and there have been lots of times when the Lord's spoken to me about helping someone out financially. Uh, sometimes it's a little finance, sometimes it's big. But I always considered it's not mine anyway, it's his. I'm just a steward over it. And sometimes he's asked me to do this for people that I feel like I've already done enough for. And I'm saying, well, why are you asking me again, Lord? Why don't you ask somebody else? But you know, and they and, I, and 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 somebody would say to me, "Well, Joe, you know they've got all these kids, and they got all of this. Don't you think they should be helping them?" Yes, I do. But will they help them? No. So why is God asking me? Because He knows that. He knows they're not going to help. So He's asking me. You know why? Because He knows I will. And that's, that's the way you have to be with the Lord. He has to know your heart. He has to know that no matter what He asks you to sacrifice, if it is a sacrifice, that you're going to do it regardless. And that's where we have to stand with the Lord. And that's when the Lord looks down on us. As Nell was saying in a prayer, a beautiful prayer, beautiful prayer. That, uh, and I thought about that, that God looks down on us. We're His children. And we want, to be, we want Him to be pleased with us. Like we are when we see our children. We want, we're pleased with our children when they do certain things. And we, we're pleased, pleased with them all the time, but especially there are times. But we want God to do the same. We want us to be pleased, Him to be pleased with us. I don't know about you, but I do. I don't want the Lord, the Lord says He'll never get angry with us again. So I don't worry about God getting angry with me. And I also know that God's going to love me where I do what He asks me to do or not. 
He's just going to move on to somebody else. And I don't want him to have to move on to somebody else because of me. Because I wasn't obedient and didn't listen. Like I said, your prayers are not delayed because God didn't answer you, but because people are not always quick to respond to him. Or it's kind of like in Daniel 10, 12, in, uh, in chapter 10, verse 13, Daniel had been praying and fasting for three weeks. We also know, in, uh, if you've read in, chap uh, in uh, Daniel chapter 9, we also know that when he prayed, it was like about three minutes that the prayer was answered. Because somehow or another, Satan didn't know about that one. And that was the only thing I can figure. Or he would have stopped that one. But in chapter 10, when he was praying, he fasted. He didn't do anything. He just prayed. And sometimes it requires a little bit more and a little bit more faith to, to stick to it and not give up, you know, and not waver because things are not happening immediately. But David prayed and fasted for three weeks, he said, in sackcloth and prayed, and he wouldn't get an answer. But then it said, Then Michael, the angel said to Daniel, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. God comes for our words. This is in the King. I wanted to specifically use this translation in the King James because he specifically says, I have come for thy words. When you pray, and you're praying in line with God's word. He is coming for his word. And he says that his word shall go forth, according to Isaiah 55, 11. His word shall go forth, and it shall accomplish what he sends it out to do. He says, and it shall not return unto him void. Are you hearing me? Yeah, He's coming for his word. So make sure that when we're praying, that we are praying his word and not ours. He said, but in verse 13, it said, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia, which stood me one and twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the king of Persia. Also, like to remind you, and, and we also, we can see here that the reason why Daniel's prayer, it wasn't that God didn't hear Daniel's prayer right away. It's because they were hindered. Because Satan will hinder your prayers. He will cause delays. He's the one that's speaking those negativities, those negative thoughts into your mind when the Lord impresses upon you to do something. Like I said, the God blesses you. Everything we need are right here on this earth. And so he uses people to bless you. And so Satan is still involved because if the Lord speaks to you about something and then the enemy comes by and he keeps giving you all the reasons why you can't, that's him trying to prevent you from blessing that person and by means of getting their prayers answered. And so people think God is doing it. But God answered your prayer. And, 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 and he just keeps speaking to people that will listen to him until he gets it to you. Another profound way to say this is if you don't ask, you don't receive. Praise God. He tells us this in James 4, 2. He says, you have not because you ask not. But he also says because you ask in a mist. For the wrong motive, he's saying. So we don't want to ask in the wrong motive. God wants you to ask him for what you need and desire. He wants and expects you to be bold about asking. He don't expect you to be mealy-mouthed. Mouth. In 1 John 5, 14, he says, Come before me at my throne with great boldness. So he wants us to be bold. Again, I say never, never underestimate the power of your prayer. 
I think that most people are concerned about asking God for too much because they don't realize that when they're asking for that, they're actually honoring Him because they're asking maybe to them it seems like a lot, but to God it's nothing. And so when you pray and ask Him for things in faith, believing that He will answer you. And nothing, saints, is ever too big for God. He owns it all. As a matter of fact, God owns it all. He says that He owns all the silver and all the gold, He says in Haggai 2.8. And according to Haggai 2, verses 1 through 9, now this is where God was speaking to, prophet, to the prophet Haggai concerning the glory of the latter temple, which was to be constructed in the place of the old temple that had been destroyed by the enemies of Israel. The people were discouraged by the enormity by the size of the task ahead of them. And sometimes we can be that way too. We can be overwhelmed with the things that's laying before us because we feel like there's no way that this can ever take place. There's no way that we can finish that. So they were just overwhelmed by the enormity of the task that laid ahead of them because they were exiled and they were very poor. So they didn't think they had the means. They didn't think they had the means to restore the temple. God spoke these words in Haggai 2 and 8, and He did this to encourage His servants to set their hands to the work before them and restore the temple. Saints, what I'm saying is that when God speaks and declares that the silver and the gold are His, He is in fact asserting His sovereignty and the title to the earth's resources as the creator and owner of all, of all that there is. Hallelujah. You know, God also declares that in Psalms 50, verse 10, He says, For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. Lord only knows how many times I have prayed that prayer. <laughs> I say, Lord God, I just thank you that all the silver and all the gold is yours, and that you own the cattle on a thousand hills. And if you have to sell one of those cows to get that answer to me or get that to me, I know that you'll do it. And Lord, I just thank you in advance for it. And, and this is the way you want... There's other. I'm not saying this is the only way to pray. I'm just saying this is some of the ways I pray. And uh, the Lord, uh, I'm normally pretty successful as long as I'm praying in line with the Word of God. Hallelujah. David declares in Psalms 24, verse 1, To earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. Praise His holy name. Saints, God is both the ruler and true owner of all the oil, the sea, and earth resources. He owns the airspace and the galaxies, and not one iota of anything that was made was made without His ingenuity and His workmanship, according to the Gospel of John, chapter 1. Right. Hallelujah. Glory be to God forevermore. Brothers and sisters, these verses make it plainly clear that men are not the true owners of the resources of this earth. They might appear to be that way because this one over here might have trillions and this might have millions and billions, but they're not the owner. That's right. they, they can go just like that. They, can, they, they came fast and they can go fast. God is the true owner of the resources of this earth. But they all have, but all they have is by the grace of God. Everything that we have, whether you've got a little or a lot, is by the grace of God. And if you don't have a lot, then that's not God's fault either. Because He is the owner of it all. Because all we have today is by the grace of God, and He has made us stewards over it. Saints, God has the power to place resources to those to whom He will, including the church. Even the heathen kings of Lebanon were able to supply timber for Solomon's temple 
and so will God cause all that is required to accomplish his work. He will accomplish, he will supply us with everything we need, regardless whether it's to build a church or get the gospel out or get another radio station or another TV, whatever it takes to get the gospel out, God is going to supply that um, source. This should cause us as the elect of God to realize that nothing limits the power of God in making provision for the advancement of his eternal kingdom. Just like he will not allow anything to stop him from providing for your needs either. Amen. He, won't, he, he just won't allow anything to stop it. And speaking of limiting God, we do that all the time. We, limit, we put limitations on God all the time, not only with our financial needs, but with our health needs too. We're always putting limitations on God. It's not God that's keeping, us, uh, keeping things from us. I heard Brother Hagin say one time that he had people that uh, come up for prayer and they would say to him, well, Brother Hagin, if you could just pray for this one particular thing to be healed, I know I could live with the rest. <laughs> you know, I've experienced similar things myself and I would imagine that most ministers have. It's kind of like they're saying, I know God can do this. I know he can heal my headache. But I'm not sure if he can heal anything else. I, you know, I've got this ache in my leg and I don't know if he can handle that or not. But I believe he can, he can handle the migraine. You know, we, we need to think about that. The Word tells us in Psalm 78 that they limited the Holy One of Israel. And how did they do that, saints? They set boundaries. They placed boundaries to his power and his goodness, saying that this he could do and the other thing he could not. But can he do it all? He can do this and he can do that, but can he do it all? Can, can he heal the headache? Can he heal the backache? Can he heal if you got cancer? Or, you know, he might can heal a migraine, but can he heal cancer? Yes, can. It's all the same. You, you're a witness to that, Sister Nell. Yeah, yeah. You know, just, just, just so many things that the Lord has blessed us with that we've been healed from. I encourage you this morning to place your trust in God and realize that it's not the enormity of the task, but the greatness but the greatness of our God that matters. Amen. Are you hearing me? Yeah. It is the greatness of our God. And you may not have given this any thought, but you're actually showing more faith, a greater faith in His ability to, to provide for you when you are asking Him for the big thing and what seems like impossible. Mm -hmm. God loves doing the impossible, mm -hmm. but it takes faith to get the impossible done. That's right. It just takes faith. Everything I have today, I've asked the Lord for. And at the time I was asking, most of these things seemed pretty impossible. And they were impossible, saints. They were impossible for me, but they're not for God. Nothing, he, the Bible says nothing is impossible for him. Nothing is too hard for him. His arm is not so short that he can't reach you. He, he, all the resources, he says, I own all the gold and the silver and the cattle on a thousand hills, he says, I own it all and all the galaxies and everything, he said, belongs to me, not man. He's given us dominion over it, but he is still the true owner. He's leased it. He's given, made us stewards over it. And the better stewards we are, the more he'll trust us with. He said, if I trust you with a little, I can give you more. But if I can't trust you with a little, then I'm not going to give you more. Why would he? You know, why would you give anybody, you know, even when your children, if you can't trust them with a little bit, why would you keep giving it to them? You just don't do it. I ask the Lord for wisdom to continue to minister to you. 
I ask the Lord for help and energy so I can continue on with this ministry. I ask the Lord for partners to help me get his word out to more people, to reach those that are lost, and to encourage those of faith that are still struggling in, in certain areas of their lives. We all struggle from time to time, no matter, none of us are so religious, uh, so spiritual. I don't like the word religious. I like Christianity, spiritual. But none of us are so spiritual that we don't need help every now and then in some area of our lives. None of us have it all covered in all the areas of our lives. If you do, I, I mean, I'd like to meet you because <laughs> you'd be the first. Because no matter what's going on, there's always something that we can use a little help with. If nothing else, just our personalities. <laughs> but I read a good example of asking. You know, we talk about asking. You know, sometimes, you know, all we need to do is just have the faith and the confidence to, to ask, the boldness to ask. And I read a good example of this from an article a few days ago. The lady said that they had an employee that had, loan, had a loan over $22,000 that had been dragging on for years after he, after he was contacted. And the people told him that they were going to garnish his wages and take 15% of his gross pay. He really thought about and considered about getting a second job so he could you know, pay this bill off. And then he thought, ask. So he called them and asked, what would you settle for? Let me stop here and say this. I believe the Holy Spirit placed this idea into his spirit. I believe the Holy Spirit is the one that's always talking to us when we're listening. He's the one that's given us ideas and creative ideas and thoughts to encourage us. And I believe that the Lord placed this uh, into his spirit. An hour later, they called him back and said, $10,000. Saints, he saved over $12,000 just because he asked. You know, all he did was ask. And, and uh, David just told me that several people that, my husband David, for those you don't know, <laughs> that don't know that, that he's known several people that's had, you know, hospital bills and stuff like that that they couldn't pay. And, and maybe it's been a year or two and they've been paying a little bit on it every month, you know, for a year or five years or two years. And, but it was such an enormous bill that they're still paying on it. But um, he said they marked it. They've already considered it a loss and marked it off. But if you all just call them, call them and ask them, what would it take to close that out? To, to, what, what would you take the final bill on it? And that's what creditors do. Um, the Lord just said this to me. <laughs> he said that's what people do when they, uh, creditors do when they sell you account. You know, they'll sell you account to a, a collection agency. And what they do is they go in and they, they, they're just trying to get so much off the dollar. And, and so this is really what you're doing. He, God is not implying that he wants you to get in debt. I don't mean to imply to go get in debt and then have somebody to cancel it out for you. But, but sometimes we, we get overwhelmed with debt because we had no control over it. Maybe we were hospitalized and we were there for a long time and the bills just ran up and... We, we, we didn't have any control over that. I, I know that happened to me when my husband passed away in 2002. You know, the, the, uh, the hospital was enormous, you know. And then I got this bill, kept getting bills and one for over $100,000, you know. And I kept praying. But, you know, I never paid a cent on that because the Lord took care of it. He told me, he, the Lord spoke to me and told me what to pray. And I went and laid hands on it and I did what the Lord told me to do. And, 
so the next bill I got was for $296, I think it was. And then uh, a couple months later, I got one that had a zero on it. So, you know, the Lord is, he, he's here to help us. I, I had no control over that. It wasn't something that I intended to do, you know. And there's so many times, you know, I could write a book. I've written books, but I could write a book <laughs> just on testimonies and, and the times that the Lord has blessed me, uh, even when it seemed like everything was impossible. And, and I would be so overwhelmed as the, as the Israelites, as, as they were when they were building the temple. They were overwhelmed because the enormity of the task that laid before them, the enormity of the size of the the bill or the project that you're working on, to know that we have to trust a God that owns it all and that He loves us and we're His children. We have children and when they come to us for their need, with their needs, we're there to help them. God has put them in our trust and we're in His trust. We're in His trust and He's going to look out for you. John 14, 13 says, You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can can bring glory to the Father. That's why He does it, so that so that Father, our Father, can get the glory. Yes, He said, "Ask me for anything in My name." He says, "And I will do it." Saints, Jesus said twice in this verse, "For you to ask Him and ask Him for anything." Isn't it time that you started asking the Lord, not only for your needs but for your desires? And I'm not talking about begging Him either. So many people are begging God and, and telling Him their problems. He already knows your problem. He's, he's not uninformed. Right. We don't serve an uninformed God. The Word tells us that He knows every thought that you're having. He knows every word you're going to speak before you say it. So He knows every hair on your head is numbered. So what don't He know about your problem? But He wants you to go to His Word and find the answer. Yes. And then pray the problem. Pray it to Him. Pray, pray the answer. You know, just pray the answer to him. Like I said, you don't have to beg from the Lord. All you have to do is follow his instructions and ask him. We're talking about prayer this morning, but I want you to know that there are many things to pray about and not only praying for our personal needs. Sometimes we get caught up um, just praying for our own personal needs and, and don't think about the needs of other people that we could be praying for and seeking the Lord for. But Jesus has listed a few things that we don't think about very often about praying for. And Jesus said, but to you who are willing to listen, and I'll say that to you this morning, all in here and all listening online this morning, but to you who are willing to listen, who are ready for the truth, I say this, love your enemies. And I know that this is not a popular, but the last part of this message is not a popular message, but it's the one that the Lord has given me to give you, and I'm going to give it. <laughs> so if I step on toes, you just take your shoes off or something. Anyway, <laughs> but right now that seems, like I said, a hard thing to do with all the chaos around us, all the bitterness and all the hate that's being spewed everywhere. However, saints, I hope you're willing to hear the truth today. If you will allow me, I'd like to change my course uh, on this subject this morning for just a little bit because we're talking about the power of prayer, right? So we want to continue talking about not a little bit about the uh, personal thing of prayer, but let's talk about the whole thing. Yes. Let's just don't take a little thing out of concept and not cover the whole thing. And besides the Lord, like I said, has placed it in my spirit to do it. Jesus says, let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. He's talking about your oppressors, your enemies, your adversaries. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer for that person. 
in Matthew 5 and 4, uh, 5, 43 in the Berean Bible says, You have heard that it was said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Verse 44 says, But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And why do you think God would ask you to pray for, that, pray for your enemies? Well, you'll find the answer in the next verse, in verse 45. It says, that you may be sons of your father. You pray for your enemies because he wants you. He said, so that you may be sons of your father in heaven. He causes the sun, he says, to rise on the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. In 1 Thessalonians 5.15, it says, make sure that no one repays evil for evil. He said, always pursue what is good for one another and for all people, for all people, not just a few. We have allowed a, a small group, and in our eyes, it seems like a large group because they have spread themselves out across the country, in the states and out of the states, especially in the states. And, and so in our eyes, we see it as a large group, but we have allowed a small minority to control how we feel and how we think. And we have allowed them to get us down to their way of thinking. And this is not good, brothers and sisters. This is not good. God said to do that so that you may be sons of your father. Yes. You're a son of God. And, and when you, you know, my mama used to tell me when I would go somewhere, she'd say, Joanne, just remember who you belong to. <laughs> In other words, she said, Joanne, remember to behave yourself yes. because it's going to reflect on me. Yes. And when we do these things, that doesn't line up with the Word of God, then it reflects on our Father. And it does not make a good witness. To Pete want to, it does not make people want to be part of the kingdom when they see the other children acting that way. So he's saying that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son again to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Saints, some of us have been living in fear and terror for several months because of the unrest around us. I recognize that. But Isaiah 51 verse 12 in the Berean Bible says, I, even I, am he who comforts you. Why should you be afraid of mortal man, of a son of man who withers like grass? Why should we be afraid of a man or man that withers like grass? He said in verse 13, he said, But you have forgotten the Lord, your maker, who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth. We were just singing about the foundations of this earth. You live in terror all day long because of the fury of the oppressor who is bent on destruction. But where is the fury of the oppressor? Where is the fury of him? We have feared the oppressor and sometimes we forget about God. And that's what he's saying up here. Uh, even I am, am who I am the one who comforts you. So why should you be afraid of mortal men, a man, of a son of man who withers like grass? Because of the wrath of the oppressor of our enemy who has been on destruction. But we must keep in mind, children of God, that the life to come is so much better than the things that are. As a matter of fact, I wanted to teach a whole sermon, but I knew I wasn't going to be here all day. On how much better things going to be. Heaven is a real place. And Jesus said that he's gone away to prepare a place for us. He said, it had not, was it not, had not been true, I would not have told you so. And it's going to be a real, it's a real place. It's a place where there'll be no more tears, there'll be no more pain, there'll be no more fear, there'll be no more terror. So we need to focus on what's to come 
and not what's happening right now in the present. Are you hearing me? Just focus on what's to come. And the things seen do not compare with the things that are eternal. Bless His holy name forever. Bless the Lord, name of the Lord forever. Hallelujah. We forget the Almighty God who is on our side, who has all things and all people under His control. This happens, brothers and sisters, because we see God as being far off. We don't see God as being His presence with us. We just see Him as a God of being far, far off. While we see the oppressor or adversary with our eyes, we can see the destruction that's going on through the TV and Facebook and any other uh, media that they have. We can see this with our eyes and we can hear with our ears his threatening words through the media. Never has the media and all other social media like Facebook and etc. been busier spewing out hate and keeping the people living in terror and causing division. Never have they been so busy. And I'd like to say this too, most of the things that you see on Facebook and other places that looks like it's official, like, you know, the government now is going to do this or the president now is going to do this or whatever. Most of that is fake, is fake news and it's, it looks official, but it's not official. They just want you to respond to it so they know where you are and how you're thinking and what you think about it. So they're fishing. And we have to make sure that we're not one of those that get caught. We must recognize evil for evil. We've got to recognize that, and God will help us do that. I pray that the words I speak today will turn your ears, your thoughts, away from the oppressor and toward God because of his greatness. And know that he loves you and that he will gather you to him like a hen will gather her chicks if we will let him. He says in Luke 13, verse 34, in the God word translation, he says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. He said, you killed the prophets and stoned to death those, those sent to you. How often I wanted to gather your children together, the way a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. Luke 19, 40, Luke 19 verse 41 says, When Jesus came near, he beheld the city and he wept. He wept over it. I believe that what is going on now grieves the Father and the Holy Spirit, the whole of eternity. It grieves me to the point of weeping too. When, when I see these things going on, and I try to watch as little as possible, and I do, like I said, I don't watch the news. And um, Actually, you don't even have to watch the news. Just listen to something on Facebook, and you're going to get it all. And I'm trying not to listen to that either, or attachments and stuff, because... Um, it, it's so sad that you just go around, it, it, especially you don't want to start your day that way. You know, uh, you want to start your day with the Lord, you really want to end it with the Lord and, and, and keep, him, keep, him, keep Him forefront, you know. And, uh, because otherwise, you're just going to feel um, heartbroken and feel like you want to cry all day long. And it's going to encourage you to be talking about things you have no business to be talking about that we have no control over. But we do have control over our mouths. You must realize that the things going on are part of Satan's plan to distract you from focusing on the Lord's work. It's to keep you away from worshiping Him, 
the Almighty God and using this window of opportunity to win souls for Christ. I saw uh, recently, I saw something on Facebook where they said that they were going to um, stop uh, the churches from uh, singing because it's going, it spreads the virus. Just think about that. How stupid can you get and still breathe? You know, <laughs> it's... You know, it's, it, it's a, we have to understand that everything is an attack against God's people. Yeah. It, it's against His covenant people. And, and we're here, but they make no mention of all the stuff that's going on outside where they're wearing no mask, and, and they're all together, and all they're doing is destruction. But we're in here praising the Lord, and we're the cause, you know, uh, that we're spreading the virus because we're singing and worshiping the Lord. So they said we can't do that anymore. But you have to realize that's, that's fake. That's, right. that's, right. that's fake. It looks official. They want to get your thoughts on it. The best thing, your thoughts should be ignore it. Because then they'll see that you ignore it. And then they'll recognize that you, you see the truth and you know the truth. But no, Satan has deceived everyone into spending their energy and time watching the fake news, sending out attachments and videos to keep everyone fearful. But as believers, we can ask ourselves these questions, and we, we need to start asking ourselves some questions. Do we not serve the creator of this universe? Is he not able to keep all that we commit to him? Is he not able? He says in 1 Timothy verse 12 in the New King James, Paul, this is Paul speaking. He says, for this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. And I am persuaded, persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. Hallelujah. Verse 13 says, hold fast the form of sound words, which thou hast heard of me in faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And verse 14 says, that good, thing, that good things which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Ghost, which dwelleth in us. Amen. Hallelujah. Has our God ever gone back on one of his promises? No, no. no brothers and sisters. No, he has not, and he never will. Right. I'm going to close with this. We need to pray like Jehoshaphat did in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 5. In the Message Bible, I'm reading this from. He said, O God, God of our ancestors, are you not God in heaven above and ruler of all, all, of all kingdom below? You hold all power and might in your fist. He said, no one stands a chance against you. <laughs> I'm going to read that again. He said, O oh God, God of our ancestors, are you not God in heaven above and ruler of all kingdoms below? You hold all power and might in your fist. No one stands a chance against you. Think about that. Get a vision of God. He says, I hold all the power and all the might in my fist and, and no one can stand against you. And what did God do to answer Jehoshaphat? He sent word to Jehoshaphat saying, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army. He says, for the battle is not yours, but God's. And saints, let me remind you this morning again that this battle is not ours either. Blessed be the name of the Lord.
Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus would like to remind all of us this morning. I want you to pay attention. Perk up your ears. Don't go get any coffee right now. If you're listening online. Jesus impressed upon me yesterday as I was finishing up my message. He said, quit acting like he's dead. Stop acting like he is dead. Yes, Jesus died on the cross, but he was resurrected and he rose triumphantly. Bless his holy name. He now sits on the throne of God, on the right hand of God the Father. He is no longer dead, but alive. He lives. He lives. He lives. He's not dead anymore. He says, stop acting like I'm dead. He said, I'm alive and I'm, I'm here with you. As Christians, we know this. Then why do we walk in constant fear and terror, carrying on our lives like he's still dead? Wake up, children of God. Wake up. Revelations 1.18 says, I am the living one. He said, I was dead. And now look. He said, I'm alive forever and ever. And, I told, and he says, I hold the keys of death and hate is hell. Praise the Lord. Saints, you cannot see Jesus with your physical eyes. So it's hard for you to carry the moment-by-moment awareness that He is alive and walking with you. I can understand some of that. But in order to feel that presence, you're going to have to spend time with Him. But remember, the world is seen with the natural eyes. But the kingdom of God is known only with the heart. What we're seeing in what we're seeing going on right now, we're seeing it with the natural eyes, but we have no idea, no conception whatsoever of what God is doing on our behalf right now in the supernatural, because that's only seen with the heart. Jesus may no longer be walking on the earth in bodily form, but he is still the Lord of all this earth. He's not walking on here bodily anymore. He's a bodily form in heaven, but he's walking on this earth and he's living in me and he's living in you. If you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he's walking with you. He's living with you. And now that he has ascended to heaven, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, speaks and acts on his behalf, according to John 16. Jesus may be located bodily in heaven, but through the Holy Spirit, he still reigns on earth. He said, I have to go. I'm going away. And his disciples were discouraged because he had to go away. He says, but it's far better for you if I go away, which was probably pretty hard for them to understand when he was saying, look, they've been walking with him for three years. He said, now you're going to leave us and it's better. He says, it's going to be far better for you if I go away because I'm going to send someone. And the person he sent was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can be everywhere at one time. Jesus can only be at that time, at that particular time, in one place. The Holy Spirit can be everywhere, and He's living in us. And that wasn't possible then, because Jesus had not died at that point. He had not been resurrected at that time. But after the resurrection, and He sent the Holy Spirit to live in us, to guide us, to teach us, to be our advocate, to be our standby, to help us with everything. He comes along beside of us. He came along beside of me this morning when I came up here to to help me to speak what he wanted me to speak, to give me the courage to say what I needed to say, to give me the words. He gave me the words. And as he was feeding me yesterday, like I said, I could have gone on and on and on and on, but I had to cut it off somewhere. But, you know, and then sometimes you can, like I said, you can sit there and it's like a big wall. Is, Is it because God is not with me? No. 
I have to, it means that I have to take some time and just focus on him now. Where it's play a little praise and worship music or just spend a little quiet time just talking to him and asking him, Lord, just please show me your heart. Amen. Show me your heart, Lord. I, I want to know what's in your heart because you know what you want the people to hear tomorrow and all over the world or whatever. I, I don't know, but show me your heart, Lord. And as I begin to ask the Lord to show me his heart, he begins to speak to me. Just ask the Lord to show me your heart, Lord. Show me, God, what it is you want me to do. I'll do anything. I love you, Lord, and I'll do everything. But show me your heart, Lord. And as he began to show me his heart, his heart was, tell him, tell him, Joe, that I'm not dead. That I'm living and I'm alive and I'm here. All you have to do is just reach out. All you have to do is just, Lord, Lord, Show me your heart. Bless me this morning. Just, I know you're here, Lord God, but just bless me this morning by just letting me feel your presence. Sometimes we just need to feel the presence of the Lord. We need that presence, just like we need the presence of human bodies around us. And this is why we have suffered so much over the last few months, because we don't have that human contact with the people that we love. And just imagine, you know, and God feels that way. We don't have that contact with him. Because he loves us and he misses us. And he wants us to know his heart. He wants us to know what's in his heart. You know, and, and just think about that. When you think about your family, and we had a, a family over yesterday, and it was so good um, just to be able to have family together again and people see people having fun and enjoying themselves after such a dry spell. And, and just think of how excited the Lord is when you come to him for something and, and he helps you with it and you're so excited about it and, and he's so pleased. Yeah. He's happy. He's happy for us. Just like I asked David yesterday, did you have a good time? And he said, I was happy. He said, I was happy because everybody else was happy. Yeah. And God is happy when we're happy. Amen. He don't want to be grieving all the time. He wants to see us. He don't want us to do without. Right. Hallelujah. Yeah. Just ask the Lord, just Lord, just show me your heart. Jesus says, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. In Matthew 28, 8. Thank you, Jesus. So let me encourage you today that Jesus is here in spirit and truth. Know that is here. And so carry on in your daily life. Act as if he's near because he is. Because he is, praise God. Bless his name. He is. Yes, he is alive. And yes, he's active on our behalf today. But only through our faith and obedience. Are you hearing me? He's active on our behalf, but only through our faith and obedience. He loves everyone. The Bible says in John 3, 16, that he, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe it on him would not have, that would not perish, but have everlasting life. Everlasting life does not come when you take your last breath. Eternal life comes the day you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You're granted life eternal into the kingdom of God. So you don't, everything, you know, he's given you everything that we need. Yes, he is alive. And yes, he's active, as I said, on our behalf, but only through our faith and obedience. He loves everyone, but he responds, through, responds with salvation only to those who believe in him. 
Believe that He exists and believe that He's here with you right now because He is. And so let's be obedient and do as the Lord has asked us to do. Jesus says, I tell you to love your enemies. Help and give without expecting a return. He said, you will never, I promise, regret it. Amen. Saints, prayer is a privilege. It's not an obligation. Let me say that again. Prayer is a privilege. It's not an obligation. As Sister Nell was praying this morning, it is it's a privilege to be able to give our mess. It's a privilege to pray and take our mess and put it in God's hands. And that's what he's telling us to do when he tells us to cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. He's telling us to take our mess that we can't, we don't know what to do with and give it to him. There's so many things. Most of the things that we have, we don't know what to do with it. And that's why he's saying, don't worry about it. He said, he tells you in Philippians 4, 6, don't fret. And be anxious for anything, but through prayer and supplication, continue to make your requests known unto me and the God of all peace. He's the God of peace. Yes, he, he said, I will fill you with a peace that surpasses all understanding. So don't, there's no need for you to fret. There's so much needless fear going on in the world today amongst believers, and it shouldn't be that way. It's because we're focusing on the wrong thing. We need to be focusing on heaven and, and Jesus. And God Almighty, the owner and the creator of the whole universe, the one that owns it all and that has control over all. If, this, if, if he used people in all the biblical days, he used evil people to do good things. Yes, he, did. Yeah. he always, God has a plan and he has a purpose. Maybe we can't see the plan. We can't see the purpose, but God's got a plan and he's got a purpose for us. Yes, and right now it looks like all hell is breaking loose. But that's not true. That's just what, the way we see it. That's the way the enemy wants us to see it. He's painting this picture for us. He wants, you know, people are talking about end times. Well, if it were the end time, and I don't think it is, I think we've been living, according to the Bible, Paul was living in the end times. So there, we don't know when the end time is. So many things got to take place according to scriptures before the time comes. But we shouldn't focus on the fact that it might be the end time. But if we are born again Christian, we should focus on trying to get as many yeah. get souls that have don't know Jesus. We need to be winning souls. That's a wind of opportunity for us. And if we would focus on that, and, and the Lord would be blessing you immensely because you would be focusing on His work like they were building that temple and not focusing on whether they, were, they had what they needed to meet that task. Because God was going to, He's, he's the provider. He's, he, you know, he provides us. He's the one that gives us our provisions. So we don't have to worry about what we got that. We just need to be, we need to continue to focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. And yes, he may come back tomorrow. He may come back this afternoon. I don't know. But you need to be, the only way you can be ready, you can be ready by knowing Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And if those are listening online or anybody in here that don't know God, don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, all you have to do is say, Lord God, I just want to be a part of the kingdom. Please forgive me of my sins and accept me into your heart. Just come into my heart and live. Just take over my life and be the one that does my directing and speaking through me. Speak to me, Lord. Show me your heart, Father. You know, ask him, come into my heart. And once he comes into your heart, say, Lord God, show me your heart. Just show me your heart. And let me do what you want me to do. Let's stop. Let's do what the Bible says and quit taking scriptures out of context. And just because they're hard, 
scriptures. You know, I see scriptures uh, posted on Facebook all the time or, or people sending me this and that and, and, and some of the stuff is not bad. But quit focusing on just a little stuff and put something out there like, pray for those people. Pray God will send some help for them. Pray for the harvest. Doesn't the Bible say that the harvest is ready? He said, don't wait. Let's don't sit here and wait and be scared to death that we can't go outside of our homes. Just think, don't be afraid of death. You have the greater one living inside of you. The Bible says in 1 John 4, 4, you are little children, you are born of God. And you have overcome the world because greater is he that's in you and me than he is in this world. It looks like they're greater than we are. They can get out there and, and, they, can, and they can stop a little the traffic. That, you know, last week, weekend before last weekend, I think when I was down in North Carolina, I didn't really go anywhere except to my sisters because of what's going on, not because of the violence, but because of the virus. There, there's nothing wrong in protecting yourself and using wisdom because I want to live to preach another day. But if, if the enemy had his way, he would take us all out. So you do use wisdom. But all those people can do up there, they can break a few windows. They can stand out there and stop traffic for a few hours. But where's the power in that? When you've got the power of God, almighty God living on the inside of you, the God that has it all, that owns it all, that gives you the power, you're, you're anointed, you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you've got, you got power, the Bible says that you can put your enemy under your feet because he's given you the power and authority to do it. But you need to focus about just praying for these people and sending forth, you know, labors into the harvest and let God do the work because he said it's not our battle, it's his battle, but he needs our help. Now, I, I think I mentioned that the last time I was here ministering is that he needs our help in the fact that he needs our help because we are his vessels. And he works through us, just like he works through you to get uh, when somebody's praying for something and he's asking you to do something for so and so, just like he's working through you to get them. Satan is also working through you to try to prevent you. They're both spirits. But we have to know, first of all, that we are spirit. We have a soul and we live in a body and this body has no control over us. We have dominion over this body because yeah. we are a spirit. And no matter, he said, what can man do to you? Nothing. 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 And, and the worst thing that can happen to you is you go see Jesus first, quicker. So like I was going to say before, so don't be worried about death and dying. You can't lose. Yeah. You, know, the, you know, people say you can't lose for winning because you're here fighting for him. He's going to protect you. But if you step out in faith, he's going to protect you. And if you were to go home, if somebody something were to happen to you, you're going to just meet him first, you know, get there sooner than you expected. Just think you're going to miss out on all that stuff. <laughs> okay, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I think I've overdone. But <laughs> Father God, I just love you so much. I lift us all up to you this morning, Father God. I lift all those that are listening online this morning. And I bless and pray for all those that have accepted you, Jesus, as their Lord and Savior. I pray for all those that already know you as their Lord and Savior. And Lord, I just pray for all those that not only listen, but those in the congregation this morning. I thank you, Lord, that you we are your children. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to love us no matter what. 
that we can't do anything that, you, that would keep you from loving us. You said, Lord God, nothing can separate us from the love of God. And there's so many things that you say that cannot separate us from the love of God. Lord, we know that this thing that's going on in the world today cannot separate us from your love. Nothing that they do can separate us from your love, Lord. And the only one that matters is you, is your love, Lord, and your heart and what you want out of us. I pray this morning, Father God, if nothing else, that you will show us all your heart, all of these people, all of us your heart, Lord. And let us see your heart so we'll know, Father, what it is you'll have us to do. And I pray, Father God, that as you continue to speak to those and encourage them, and when people are praying, Lord, they're praying for themselves. They are praying themselves. They're asking you for things. And you're speaking to other people to meet those needs and those desires, Father. I pray as others are meeting their desires that they will also understand and acknowledge that they are the answer to someone's prayer. And Father, help them to understand that. Help me to understand that even more so, Father. I've not arrived by no means, Lord God, and you know that. You know that I'm just something that you, you continue to do a good work in me, that you're continuing to do a good work in all of us. You said, Father, that, that he that began a good work in us will continue to do so until the day of Christ Jesus. So, Lord, I thank you today that you're continuing to do that good work in, in me and in all those that are listening and all those that's going to listen to this message, that you're doing a good work in us, Lord, and that you're, not, that you're proud of us, that you love us, you're pleased with us. You've never been displeased. You're pleased with us. Lord, help us to know that we, don't, that we are our own worst enemy and that we, the enemy makes us feel that we're unworthy. But Lord, we're not unworthy. You says we're worthy. Yes, yes. And so Lord, I thank you that you have made us worthy. And so we give you all the praise and we give you all the glory. For it's in Jesus' name, I just praise you and I thank you. Amen and amen.